trusting God in turbulent times, next on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Fear, anxiety, and depression. It's been at an all-time high in recent months, and maybe that's been your struggle during the pandemic. Well, as the pandemic is winding down, we have an important and timely message for you on how to face your fears. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor recalls a time when a group of people faced a Red Sea in front of them, mountains on the side, and an enemy chasing them. You'll find the story in Exodus chapter 14, and it fits our situation like a glove. Here's Pastor Ed. As we try to lead the church, it's been very challenging and very difficult. It's like, keep your eyes on the Lord. Yeah, but Ed. And then there was some political answer, some opinion. Oh, Ed, we got to do something, and you can't do this, and they're doing this to us, and on and on the list. And besides all the YouTube videos that people sent me, during this time. I'm sure it was well-meaning, but like I, I eventually just said, stop sending them. Usually the email would be something like, you know, Pastor Ed, I just watched this two-hour YouTube video. Can you watch it and tell me what you think? No, I don't have two hours to watch your YouTube video. Some dude, I don't even know who it is. How do you have two hours for that? Like, I don't care what their opinions are. Well, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy, this, whatever. I'm going to follow that guy, Jesus Christ. That's who I'm going to listen for. And I want to learn to hear his voice. I want to take my cue from the Holy Spirit. And God is calling his church. Like, like you, you, can't, you, you can't ever expect this world to like the church. You know that, right? The church is hated by culture. They hate the church. You and I, we're the church. Who, who, who would love to hear their sins exposed? Who would love to hear their faults and failures and their eternal damnation for separation from God? Who wants to hear that? The, the, the Bible tells us, Jesus said that they're going to hate you. Why? Because they first hated me. So there's no way that we're going to ever be accepted. That The world doesn't ever, never in a million years think the church is essential. Ever. But God does. God cares. So rather than declaring it and trying to, like, just do it. Just be the church. Live out your faith. Even if you have to deal with the difficulties. You know, because everyone in the world deals with difficulties. You know that. Everybody does. Everyone has to deal with issues and situations. And, and you want to have people in your life not only speaking faith, but telling you to get your eyes back on the Lord. You're going to see something. You're going to sense something. I'll tell you what. You're, you're either going to see the Egyptians or you're going to see God, but you're going to see something. And depending on what you focus on will be the dependent upon your direction of your life, the fruitfulness of your life. And I love what Moses didn't do. He didn't try to explain it to them. He didn't try to reason with them. He just said, stop it. This is enough. Stop. Stand still. Be quiet. God's going to do something. 
Well, Moses, what's he going to do? I don't know. But I'll tell you, he'll never, ever experience what God's going to do when you're worried about the Egyptians. When you're carried around by the, when the Egyptians, when, when the world shapes your narrative, then you're going to miss out on the work of God in your life. Because God's doing a work. And the long game is even longer than what we expect. Because I don't know, I, I don't know why the church, many believers act like they don't know what the Bible says. The Bible says that in the end times, perilous times will come. Things will get harder and darker and more challenging. And I guess the big surprise for all of us is that we just, we knew that was coming. We just didn't think it was going to be in our lifetime. We didn't think we'd see the perilous times. But I, every successive generation for the coming of the Lord has seen something worse and worse and worse. Just stand still. You know, in times of difficulty, we, we want to have an explanation. I was talking to a brother uh, yesterday, actually, on the, on the freeway back from the airport. You know, I had a long hour drive. It was a 10-minute drive, but it took me an hour on the freeway in Southern Cal. So I'm on the phone, uh, which is a great thing to do when you're stuck in traffic. Just go on the phone. And I'm talking to a young man who's grown up to be uh, a young man. He, his family moved here many, many years ago, was a part of a church, our church for a while. He was just a little guy back then. And then they moved back to California. And now he's a young man, and he's going through great fear and anxiety. And he heard I was in California. He says, hey, can we meet? And I said, no, I'm not able to meet, but I'll talk to you. And so we called. We talked. And as I'm sharing with him the word of God and encouraging him in the Lord, that there would be, seem like there'd be this progress and then there would be this, yeah, but I just don't understand what God's doing. That would be a phrase. And then I'd answer it and then we'd go through another progress, but I just don't understand what God's doing. And then we'd have progress and on the third or fourth time I go, look, I don't know what God's doing either. I don't know. I, I don't know. He, he may have led you to this very place, but I don't know. But I do know this. He is faithful. He is faithful and you can trust him. And, and even without, and, and even if I could explain it to you, I said, even if I could tell you exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it, that would not satisfy you because then you'd be mad at God for doing it that way. And so you, you have to remember that we don't live by explanations. We live by faith. And we trust God even if we're trapped. Because we're going to find out in a moment that the trap wasn't for the children of Israel as much as it was for the Egyptians. And how he was going to make his name known. God was still in control. He hasn't forgotten you. And there are just times in our lives where things are not as they seem. Yes, you see it right. Red Sea in front of you. Mountains on the side of you. An enemy chasing you. Those are all right observations. Just be careful to come to the right conclusion. Right observations need to lead us to the right conclusion. Otherwise, we'll freak out. And we'll make mistakes that we don't want to really make. God is wanting to bring you into a new relationship with himself. God is wanting you to learn to trust him completely. Even though you can't see any possible solutions, you can't see a way out, and you're convinced that it's over, God wants to show you he is able to make a way when there is no way. God wants to show you he's not limited by man's resources or by your own limited capacities. 
He wants to show you that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that you can think or ask. And God wants you to learn the value of being his child, right? Because everybody faces trials and difficulties, but the child of God faces them differently. It's different for a son or daughter of God. Nothing is wasted by God. All things are worked together by God for good for the child of God. And he wants you to learn that. He wants it to be a part of your testimony. If God be for you, who can be against you? Even when the enemy comes chasing after you, wanting to destroy you and keep you in bondage and slavery, messing with your head, messing with your life, and he's chasing after you. You know, the Bible describes the devil like a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. Well, even when the roaring lion shows up, you're introducing him to the lion of the tribe of Judah, and Jesus will take care of your enemies. Listen, listen, listen. God will let us come to a place which is seemingly a trap, and he'll allow us to become boxed in. Certainly that's the testimony for some today. He does allow that, sometimes even leading us there for his own purposes, to a place where there seems to be no human way of getting out. Why? So we could trust, learn to trust, and not in our own human resources. Because when I'm at the end of my resources, there's no need to fear because God is going to see me through. He is my all-sufficient, almighty God who is able to deliver me from any trap the enemy might seek to ensnare me and might lay before me. Moses doesn't explain. He just says, get your eyes back on the Lord. And that's what you'll have from the leadership here, from the pastors, the leaders. We're gonna keep pointing you to the Lord. And hopefully we'll be speaking words of faith into you. I know when fear and anxiety knock on my door, I know that I just need people to speak words of faith into my life. Just remind me of the faithfulness of God. Remind me that I might be seeing things properly, but I'm at the wrong conclusion. That God is faithful. And I, I think we can do that to ourselves too. I mean, if you're going to be stuck with yourself, then speak the word of God to yourself. Open it up and pray. Because I know that you can look back in the history of your life and see God's faithfulness. I, can, I know you can look back and say, God got me out of this, 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 and he's brought me to it is to the, where I am today. And if he's been faithful in the past, he's going to stay faithful because we learned already that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God's going to remain faithful. It, it may not be the way you desire. It may not be the way you want to feel. It may not be everything that, may, maybe you got caught up in things that have nothing to do with the things of the Lord. It's like, well, you're, you're, on the, you're on the track to get the American dream, and God never promised the American dream. He promised you his son and the forgiveness of your sins, and he promised you eternal life, and he promised to use you if you present yourself to him, and he promised to care for you, and he promised to provide for all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're just on the wrong track is why you're so frustrated and upset. And you're just caught up in things that the Lord's trying to reevaluate and re for you to reevaluate and reassess where you are. Because notice now, come back to Exodus as we close. It says in verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. 
And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, so that I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Whoa, 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 wait a minute there. Part of what God is doing here is that God says, I'm going to intervene. I'm going to, why? So I'm going to show the world that I am God. That, that's what God is doing in your life. He, you are able to be the salt and the light in a very dark world. Why? So that God can show himself to the world through you and me. That's powerful. So he's going to deliver them so he can show them. Verse 18, then the Egyptians shall know that I'm the Lord. I've gained honor. Verse 19, and the angel of the Lord who went before the camp of Israel moved. <laughs> Isn't that great? God's going to move. You can look for the movement of God. And he went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, but it gave light and night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all night. So that's the protection of God, putting a barrier between the children of Israel and the Egyptians. Verse 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all the Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians, and he took off their chariot will so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians." And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea and the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on their chariots, on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh and came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. God dealt with the enemy thoroughly. God deals with the enemy thoroughly. Verse 29. And the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. The waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And the Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. And thus Israel saw a great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Here's the thing. God does what he's going to do whether you trust him or not. Like you can be all messed up and all freaked out and God's still going to do what he said he's going to do. The question is, are you going to enjoy it? Are you going to cooperate with him? Are you going to enjoy the faithfulness of God? And the miracle here is not just the splitting of the Red Sea. And it's not just dealing with the enemy. One of the miracles here that often gets overlooked is that these guys passed over on dry ground. Because I can think of you planners here as you're planning it out. And God says, okay, this is how you're going to get through. You're, I'm going to split the waters for you. And instead of going, oh man, that's amazing, God. You're going, but wait a minute, wait a minute. If you split the waters, it's going to be muddy. How are we going to get through the mud? I'm not sure. And what are we going to, and it's not, how wide is it going to be? I want it to be so, uh, if God was starting to tell you what to do, you'd go, no, it's not enough. It's not enough. Instead, you just look to him 
and he takes care of it all. Even on dry ground. Go back today and read through Exodus 14 and just write down how many times dry ground is mentioned. That's an important part. Exceedingly abundantly above a while you can think or ask. And this wasn't on the plan. This wasn't the plan. Nobody knew what God was going to do. This was what God chose to do. And it's only when we learn to stand still that we're able to go forward. Sometimes we're standing and we should be moving. Sometimes we're moving and we should be standing. But the Spirit of God will lead us and guide us in a straight path to do what he's accomplished, what he wants to accomplish in our lives. God deliberately led them to this place. It was deliberate on God. Sometimes he allows it. This one, he deliberately led them to this place. He did it so that his name might be glorified in the land. That the reputation of the children of Israel, the God of the children of Israel would be strong. That the nations would know of his great power and strength. And it worked. The Red Sea would be on everybody's mind going forward. It's not like everyone got saved and not like everybody, but there was that gal, remember, in Jericho who had heard about the faithfulness of God. And when she met the people of God, it connected. And her and her household were saved. Partly because of this situation here. You know, I think each one of us are going to pass through many traps in our own lives. We're stuck and afraid. There's real fear and anxiety, I know. But it's so significant that Jesus would even tell us, don't worry. I've got it all taken care of. One of the things that shocks me about my own personal walk is that I really do, with all of my heart, believe that God has saved me, changed me, and I will live eternally with him forever. I do. I see it. I live that, I live that experience. I believe God for the salvation of my soul but there are so many little things in my life that I simply don't believe God for, that I'm weak in my faith, where a situation comes and I'm just like, oh no, what's going to happen? How is it going to be? And, and I'm like the children of Israel here. I might be the only one in the room dealing with that. Yeah? No? It's like, man, we need to find another pastor, honey. Faithless man. But I also have seen over the years, God's faithfully bringing me to a place where he can show himself strong where he'll bring me to the end of all of my resources, all of my thinking, everything that I might have figured out and bring me to a place. You know what? We just need to trust God here. And we need to trust God. It's one of the things that, that I've seen in this past year, in this past difficult season for us as a church and the role of leadership in my home, in the church, with the wonderful team that I have, that I get to serve with. I've just learned to trust in the Lord. We, don't need, we didn't know from day to day what we were dealing with. We didn't know from day to day what we were handling. We didn't know what we would be facing. We just know that God loves his people and we want to serve his people well. And the best way that we can serve you is to keep your eyes on the Lord. And many people were not happy with us. And they go, well, you know what? If you're not a church like this and this and this, then we're going to go to this other church. And I've always encouraged you, if this isn't the right church for you, go to another one. You need to be in a place where you will fruitfully live your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ, where you need to trust the leadership and you need to trust the men and women that God has put in your life. And if a better fellowship is going to serve you to be more fruitful in the kingdom, I'm all for fruit in the kingdom. 
I'm all for fruit in the kingdom of God working in your life because the time is short and the coming of the Lord is at hand. And this is a time for the church to be in unity, to come together in strength of the Holy Spirit, to strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Strong singles, strong marriages, strong families, strong churches God uses in the last days. And that's his desire for us as a church. At the end, you'll see that God is faithful as we come to a close here and the worship team comes up. God has revealed to me his love and his concern and his power through difficult times. He has developed my faith and my confidence. I I know that weakness only gives opportunity for God's strength to be made perfect. He leads me into these places so I can realize that he is faithful. I can realize that he's not limited by me or my limitations that his resources are infinite. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise of God to his people. God is going to see us through because we put our trust in him. And the enemy that keeps harassing us, keeps coming after us, For so long is the one really being led into the trap. As you're following God and looking to him, the enemy that's chasing after you is going to have to deal with God. And they're going to have to face God. And maybe God today has drawn you here just so that you could know the power of God to deliver in order that you might commit your life to him and experience his power yourself. The very circumstances that have more or less pushed you trapped you and boxed you in are the very circumstances that God has ordained because he didn't want you to rely upon yourself anymore, but upon his hand, his power to set you free. And as you look at things differently, you won't be overwhelmed by irrational responses to real fear and real anxiety, but you'll learn to trust in the Lord. Amen. Pastor Ed Taylor, helping us face our fears with faith and trust in God. And this is Abounding Grace. This special message can be accessed online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and through the Abounding Grace mobile app. Pastor Ed, as you've been talking about fear and anxiety today, this would be a good time to talk about our featured resource on a related subject, depression. Can you give our listeners a snapshot? You know, Larry, uh, after the death of our son, Eddie, uh, I was extremely discouraged, extremely sad. And I believe that I definitely crossed the line into depression. And I was looking for resources, biblical resources that would really help um, me process this all. And I came across this book on depression that is the best of the best. It's best of the best because A, it is purely biblical focusing on the faithfulness of God, but it's also best of the best because it's very practical. Uh, because, you know, there is a stigma, I think, among us as Christians that says, oh, no, you can't, you can't ask for help. You can't say you're depressed. That, that Christians just don't get that way. And that it, it's just not true. It's foolish. Of course, Christians get sad, discouraged. I, I recently wrote a note on, on, on my blog at edtaylor.org And I I wrote on this very topic and I said, hey, even though Christian circles won't say it's depression, call it whatever you want. 
it is what it is and needs to be addressed by the comfort of God and the wisdom of God and responded to by our faith. So I want to encourage you to pick up this resource. Uh, it is depression. It's the title is depression. I know Larry will share uh, the details with you in a minute, but get it. It's good. Uh, it is helpful, and I read it at least once a year, at least to remind me of God's faithfulness. That's Depression by Edward T. Welch. And we'll gladly send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more. This will help us remain a biblical voice on your station as well. So call today, 877-30-GRACE, or order it online at calvaryco.store. If you'd just like to make a donation and not interested in the pick of the month, you can just go online to aboundinggraceradio.com. Connect with us through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. There's a link to each page at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Tomorrow on Abounding Grace, learn how to be an influence in the world for good and God. Pastor Ed Taylor has another very special message to share with you for these difficult times. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 